0: Hello, and welcome to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Very excited about today. We're going to do something that we've never had the opportunity to do before. But now that we have about a year under our belt, we're going to take the time and do a year end review and talk through four of what we believe are some of the most important, powerful lessons that we learned this year on the podcast from people who have been there, people who have gotten unstuck, told a better story, and have a good answer to the question, What are you doing today? And so I wanted to jump right in. We're going to play some clips from some of our favorite shows from the year, and the first clip that we were going to bring to you is from Chad Price. Now, Chad Price is from Mako Medical, and he talked about something that came up over and over again from our guests, which is you have to have an important why is more than just marketing, but it's really important for you as the business owner, as the entrepreneur to understand what your why is, and it has to be personally and intrinsically motivating for you. So check out this excerpt from our episode with Chad Price from the beginning part of 2019.
1: Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com.
2: You probably shouldn't Google that.
3: What one or two episodes in, I'm like, it just came to mind. I'm like, I got to share this with Chad Price. I don't know why, but I got to share it with him. And he was so responsive right away and encouraging. And I was like, yeah,
4: this is good. That's great. Yeah.
0: So just real quick, let me do some of the, just if you don't know who Chad Price is, uh, just some bullet points. CEO of the year won 30 under 30, won 40 under 40, won the Fast 50 award three times, which is a record. Uh, Won the best place to work in the triangle with Mako, which is pretty exciting. He's been appointed by governor to different boards, trustees, he serves as Chief of Staff Chief Justice Mark Martin and the NC State Supreme Court. He's a licensed pilot, and that's just a handful of the things, but you got a lot going on.
4: Because you don't know what you want to do, you try a lot of different things. So, right. you know what? Well- at some point I was starting every business I could start. You know, I had a, I had a restaurant and I had a repair shop and I had a a dealership. And so I have all these businesses, but each business gets about 10% of my time. Mm -hmm. So I'm really not effective for the business. If I could go back, I think I'd have been laser focused on one thing and do it really, really well. Do you
0: think it was challenging for you because you were trying to find the thing you were most passionate about? and you were trying so many different things or would you say no i don't know that's important i think it's just i should have picked one thing and did that thing it doesn't really matter the thing is that what you're getting at
4: yeah because you know business is business i mean it's customer customer experience a lot of the business is the same so uh it's why are you doing it what's the motivation so when i started mako i said i'm gonna support christian missionaries i'm gonna uh, support local nonprofits. I'm going to hire only military veterans. So I'm only focused on those three things. Right. If I was in the lab or x-ray business or trash business or don't, it doesn't matter. If you have the focus, the focus right. of the business is why I'm getting up every morning.
0: I think that's something that we really loved having people on the podcast is it, this message that you just said gets repeated over and over again. I think a lot of younger people get confused about what they're doing with why they're doing and they don't realize how disconnected they are. Like it wouldn't be my first thing to be like, you know what? If that's my goal, I want to help Christian missionaries and I want to help uh nonprofits and I want to provide jobs for people in the military. I wouldn't go, milit I need to make medical devices. Like that's
4: <laughs> Well, I was thinking, you know, okay, <laughs> a medical device, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people in other countries that need access to healthcare. Uh Um, Right. But it was more about leveraging Leveraging. that to do what you really wanted to do. I think we I think, again, this is a social media issue, and I think it's only going to get worse where some industries are more sexier than others. Some businesses are more sexier than others. And so if you can find the why behind what you do. It doesn't matter what I do. I could rake rocks all day long and have just as much fun. Yeah. If I'm raking rocks knowing that half my workers are military veterans, all my revenue is supporting all these nonprofits and causes, and I've got 82 missionary families around the world, depending on me. Like, I'm not focused on the rocks. Mm-hmm. It's still a business. Sometimes I think we say, wow, that biz- I'd love to be in the technology business. Every industry has its problems. Yeah. So sometimes I think you focus too much on what you're doing and not on the why, because if you don't have the why, you're going to burn out. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You get tired. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And then you start chasing the money and then you start bending the rules because it's harder than you thought. And then it starts getting frustrated. And then, you know,
0: how long do you feel like you were in a point where you were investing into the business, but it wasn't making you money yet?
4: we've always led with the story. The why? Yeah, I think you're starting to see more and more of that, you know, the company that does the socks that just sold to Walmart, where if you buy a pair of socks, they donate some to the, the homeless shelter. I think if you could build a cause around what you're doing, mm-hmm. you focus on that, and you'll be way more successful and make way more money. So I think that's just human being you're always gonna have early adopters. That was the kid. Just think about back to school, you right. have the kids that leave early, those that follow the rules and then those that are the next classes come in and they're still putting their stuff in the book bag so you know i don't think we need to overly complicate it there's always going to be early adopters there's going to be the procrastinator and then the group that goes with the popular kid so Mm -hmm. in business if you create excitement and you're passionate, and when you lead with a story, everything I've ever done, I lead with a story. I don't, I will not do a business unless it's backed by a cause. If I'm gonna make zippers, then I'm gonna only employ the blind to make the zippers. If, if there's not a cause behind it, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Because I think you can see with these very successful people, they're still miserable. They make a lot of money. I mean, look at Robin Williams. You know, these people that have everything and they're still miserable. Yeah. So I think we have to train And let people understand you can be hugely successful, make all the money you want to make, but focus on a cause. Yeah. Whatever it is, focus on a cause.
0: And I think what you're saying is really important. And you could be fooled and listening right now and saying like, oh, that's just a gimmick to make money. Like if you're Toms or the Sox company. But really, I think what you're saying is it's very important for you. Otherwise, you're going to lose steam and you're going to lose your passion and you're going to lose your ability to make it through what is tough. Like becoming an entrepreneur. Like it is not an easy
4: it's easy to knock Pass. until you do it, right? It's easy to say, oh, you're only doing it for... Well, then why don't you go right. to three charity events a week instead of playing poker with your friends? Uh, why don't you yeah. donate one of your products mm-hmm. to a charity and not get revenue on that item? Yeah. And don't tell me it's a write-off because if you know anything about business, they're all write-offs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business expense. All of it comes off. So it's easy to say... Because mm-hmm. you're typically too lazy to do it. But you you nailed it. The reason you want to find a cause is when it when it's when it's tough and it's hard and nobody's there, it's like all right, I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this for these people. Right. It's motivation. All right, in
0: this clip we're gonna play an excerpt from an amazing interview where Charlie Engle, who's the Running Man himself, who wrote the book called The Running Man, and went on this incredible journey of addiction and recovery and replacing bad habits with good habits, and learned an important lesson, accomplished something pretty amazing, which included getting a movie produced by Matt Damon that he starred in, and running across the Sahara Desert, which is no small feat. And so he's going to talk a little bit about how he did that and this lesson for me that was crazy personally effective in my life this year, which is what does it mean to change your understanding or your relationship with pain and understand that pain isn't something that should be avoided at all costs and comfort isn't the most important thing in our lives and in our entrepreneurial journeys, but it's the pain and the transition that we go through that actually are the most shaping and change our lives in a way that really does help us get unstuck. And tell a better story, in a way that comfort can't. And I think if you listen hard enough, you can actually hear my dog bark because at this point we were still in the basement and not in the studio.
1: It's all like to say I like threw up on his desk. Like, Sarah, <laughs> yeah. <"Sahara>, you've been <laughs> done before, Tori, you know, all this craziness, and you know he basically stood up at the end and said, you know, yes, I, you know, I'd like to do it. And I'm like, what? Wow. And, you know, a week later, he calls and he says, you know, we need a producer. So I just hung up with Matt Damon and he wants to narrate the film and and, uh, executive produce, you know, would that be okay with you? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like... I mean, no, no, I'm not kidding. I actually deadpanned, And then was like, yeah, you know, I was really hoping for somebody better. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hold up? Yeah, Matt. <laughs> that Daniel,
3: really? Matt that's Daniel all you got? Through, I, right. Yeah. It's the best. yeah. You, and you, you guys went, for, Matt, and you went for
1: a run in New York City, right? We did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's how we met was, you know, sort of a, I don't know, I'm not sure if it was a tryout for him or for me, yeah. but yeah. Um, I was still pretty... Yeah, I was idealistic about the project. You know, I wanted it to be a certain thing. And while of course I needed, you know, the only yeah. backing of a production company like Matt Damons and Evan James Wall and all this was gonna actually allow this to happen. Yeah. Um, I didn't wanna lose the uh sort of the organic nature of I just wanted to run across the Sahara Desert. Yeah. It I, wasn't
3: I read in the book, it was it was so beautiful how how you and Matt did the run and I love how when deals are done or people are introduced they share overlapping recreational interest and that sort of led to he he felt your passion you felt his passion and you guys that's how it sort of went forward right
1: yeah Well, there's a funny there is a funny quote that I like um I was funny that I'm quoting myself yeah but, uh, <laughs> well
3: you do you know, have a book
1: <laughs> well I do and Matt Damon is the one who actually he's the one who really put this out publicly because it was a private conversation but he, uh, yeah. he looked at me after that run and he's like you know I just I'm don't know I, I can't go any far it's like ten miles yeah is my maximum. Like that's the most I can do. And I, I did look at him because he's a really good athlete. Sure. He's a nice guy. He yeah. could do, you know, the guy This would have been
0: like the third born movie. Yeah. That
1: yeah. would have yeah. been that time of, the guy could have run a hundred miles or yeah. if he really, you know, yeah. he wanted to or
0: Jason to. Bourne certainly could have. Certainly could Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think
1: he did. Yeah. <sighs> And uh, and I told him, I, I just said you just need to change your relationship with pain. Yeah, I remember that. That impacted me yeah. when I read that. Yeah, or changed my and and after I heard that, or
3: after I read that, I went out for a run. It was a cold, rainy day. I haven't run in 10 years. I've, I cycle a lot, but yeah. I was just like, I've avoided running. And I went out, I made a little video for you with my phone. I'll show nice. you it later. But uh, it was so cool just to get out and go. And I yeah. just had, it just, you
1: inspired me to run. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, yeah it's important. Wow. I mean, it, it is a, look, I'm not a nuts and bolts coach. I'm not going to tell anybody, you know, how far to run on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but But I can tell you why you should run, you know, and that's the people assume that I like running. I don't actually like running that much. I like I like what running gives me. I like Mm -hmm. where running takes me. I like the results of running. And yeah. And again, I think that's the
0: way most people feel about exercise in general.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although, you know, there's that euphoria you get when you're in the midst of it sometimes. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. usually like the quote unquote runners high, which I don't even know what the hell that means. But yeah. You know, if that comes, that comes long after. Mm-hmm. That's about endorphin release, you know, normally after stopping something. Yeah. And you know, and to to not not get too uh overly dramatic here, but the Sahara Desert is the greatest example of why I run and why I like to do these big projects is, you know, when you drive I've driven into, you know. I've been to 50 countries and a lot of them impoverished and certainly not not like here. And you drive into one of those little villages somewhere in the middle of Africa and, and people will inevitably come at you with... Their hands out, yeah, uh, they're you know, whatever, it's just not their fault, they've just been programmed, you know, right. mm-hmm. p- people, Europeans or white people, or whatever come to their area, you know, they're bringing yeah,
0: money's just falling out of their pockets, yeah, just yeah. stay close, you yeah. run
1: into one of those village <laughs> on foot or on a bicycle or something like that, all of a sudden you are not different than them. Oh, wow. And the engagement, I mean, running across this era, I never one time had anybody like come at me like, what do you have for me? Yeah, probably because I didn't, I looked like I didn't have anything, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but but you know, we had this experience of of organically running into these villages, you saw you guys saw in the movie, yeah, people, they didn't know we were coming. Mm -hmm. Like, this, this and they big, all
0: started running with you. Yeah,
1: yeah. the kids would spot us. They're like, somehow. "We're doing this. We're running yeah. now." Hey, hey there's He's one of us. And we, we would run through the village, and yeah. and the kids would run five k or ten k out of the village, out into the middle of the desert wow. with us. You know, I'm I'm kind of worried at first. <laughs> You're like, maybe you should yeah. go back, kids. Right? And they finally <laughs> just like wave and turn around and go back. And like, where does that happen? It doesn't. Yeah. Imagine if I ran through Carrie and a yeah. bunch of kids came yeah. like the Pied
0: Piper. You get yeah, arrested for I'd sure. Be in jail.
1: Yeah, in about like a minute. Yeah. yeah. You know, so those it, are the experiences. It takes experiences. like two kids
4: <laughs> and the cops. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs>
1: those are the experiences that, that you know, when I boil it down, I, I rarely talk about like the physical undertaking, even though people yeah. get, you know, we ran two marathons a day basically for 111 consecutive days wow. without taking a day off. And so, yes, the physical part of it was necessary to become the, the, the person, for me anyway, for, to become the person that I needed to be during the experience so that I could fully appreciate it. Right.
0: So back to what you were saying about you have to change your your understanding or the relationship you have with pain. Mm -hmm. That was the quote. Um, I've heard a similar thing, but it was from a different concept. It was from a a book called Presence that I was reading not too long ago. And she was talking about fear and changing your perspective of fear to excitement and just Mm -hmm. that mental shift and how that can and that can do something. What is it like to change your relationship with pain?
1: Yeah, man, it's everything honestly, it's everything because comfort is overrated. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a mantra of mine. Comfort
0: is very rarely a compliment. Like you look comfortable. No, like no
1: that's right. kind of yeah. a backhanded
4: like, yeah. why don't you get off the couch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You look too comfortable. You know, if that's your, go- especially as a goal, like when did that become a goal? I don't, yeah. even, under- I don't even
3: understand. Like
0: financially, that. like people want to be comfortable.
3: Wasn't yep. it human yep. nature to be comfortable and then life shakes us up and then we want to be comfortable again?
1: Yeah. Well, yes, and so there's physical comfort, there's financial comfort, there's emotional comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we tend to always be looking for something else, and well, I do. Yeah, <laughs> me too. You know, I think again, the people who are truly comfortable, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want their lives if if I if I got paid to take it. You know, yeah. I really wouldn't. It's not. It's, I'm not yeah. just paying lip service to that. It's like that's not interesting to me to spend my time feeling. Um, just secure right it's like what what is that about you get one shot at this this whole thing so when i say change the relationship with pain it's it's about um By the way, too, I actually blame the invention of, like, the electric can opener somewhere around (laughs) the mid-50s. That was the tipping point. Yeah, somehow we decided we are now just too tired to open our own cans. I need a tool for that. The regular way. (laughs) Yeah, I just need something to put it. And then it's like every invention we had in the world was, was, uh, yeah, was for to make yeah. our lives easy. Now they yeah. just
0: put tuna in a baggie that has a pre tour thing. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Got you it. You know.
3: Now we have all this technology that just makes us bat nut crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah, are some right. funny
0: like inventions. Like, like I saw one at the store was like 150 dollars for an electronic wine bottle opener. Like oh who needs God. to oh, save? Yeah. Who needs to save that amount of time? Yeah. Yeah, true. that's yeah. like four or five twists, man. That's, yeah. really, that's going to burn up Sorry. my forearm. That, that is crazy.
3: Siri, <laughs> open my beans, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's
3: going to be I a smart just, home Just home eat
1: right. them, too. I don't feel like having a bowel movement tomorrow. So, yeah. just, you know, I'm just going to skip the whole thing. No, but I, I think that the, 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 you know, the goal needs to be much more, uh, and it can be anything. It doesn't mean a physical, you know, starting, anybody who's started the new business, anybody who's ever had a kid. I mean, hell, you know, imagine if you had to be okay, this is my favorite people will say, you know, I'm thinking about running a marathon, or I'd like to run an ultra or something. But you know, I just want to make sure that I'm you know, I'm ready for it. I need to get all the And, I'm, and I always say, what's your definition of being ready? Right. They're like, well, you know, I need to get in this place in my job and I need to have this in place and I need to, you know, oh, they're pointing towards some future non-existent time yeah. when everything is going to fall into place for it. Imagine if you said that with kids. Right. I'm going to wait for all the, I mean, kind of, we all do say that a little bit in right. our heads. We want to have these things in place. But and then, then, then every parent says, there's never a good time. No, there's right. not. And you, the, the cool thing is, this is the best saying, the best like lesson that was ever said to me by my grandmother a long time ago. And so she said, look, you don't need to know how to raise a teenager. You know, when your kids are born, you just need to how know how to like you just need to deal with a newborn. Yeah. And like as that kid grows, yeah. y- your understanding grows, you know, right. tremendously. And that's the that's the beauty of the way the cycle works, mm-hmm. you know, you know, a business or a, or running a marathon. Even you don't you know, most people anyway, don't you don't start by worrying about the 20 mile run you have to do on the weekend and training. Yeah. You know, you just got to get your ass out the door and go for a run. Yeah. And and begin the process. I and also
0: promptly went out for a run after finishing the documentary yesterday.
1: Nice. Yeah. I put
0: on very the good. shoes. I'm like, this feels like the only appropriate response. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah that's I how need I to go run. My work here
1: is done. <laughs> <laughs> if I could if I could drop this mic right now, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would just drop it. The stand prevents it. <laughs> Another
0: very personally impactful story to me from Katie Gales. Katie Gales runs the Entrepreneurship Program in the Business Center for Wake Tech. And she shared a ton of amazing principles and resources that I found crazy valuable. And if you live in the triangle, these are resources that you need to check out and go back and listen to her episode. But there was one point that she said was so memorable and stuck in my mind in such a memorable fashion. And it was how she had to learn how to stop playing who's got the monkey. To set it up, Katie was talking about how after she transitioned out of a long, successful Uh, career at IBM. And then she, she went into a little bit more of an entrepreneurial solo type of position. She realized that although her body had left IBM in 2006, that her brain didn't catch up until 2009. And she shared with us this incredible principle of a mind shift change that has to happen in your brain if you're going to set out on your own. And it's this principle of who has the monkey.
5: The other thing is when you're in a big company, you can play Who's Got the Monkey. <laughs> Have you ever played Who's Got the Monkey?
0: No, but I like the title. Okay.
5: The Who's <laughs> Got the Monkey goes like this. We're working on a project together. Something needs to get done. I call you or an email you, and I leave you a message, and I ask you for something. Right. Okay. Somebody says, Katie, what's the status of oh, so?" Well, yeah, I, I, I called. And I emailed. And I've I often left, wondered if that a name. Waiting, I love your name and, for it. And although you never <laughs> say that, it's basically say, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. He's got the monkey now. Right. And you can play that. But if you don't understand as a small business owner that you always have the monkey. Right. Then you'll end up in a situation where you're waiting for things that you shouldn't wait for. Right. For instance, I had a client one time who... Was starting a daycare center is a highly regulated industry in the state. You have to go to through the Department of Health and Human Services to get accredited and approved, and there are rules about how, how large it is, and you can't really open a daycare center without having a case manager assigned to you. And my assignment to my client was, go to DHHS, get the big giant book that has all the rules, and get your case manager assigned. And we were meeting once a week. The next week's meeting comes along. Okay. What happened with the HHS? Did you get the book? Got the book. Downloaded. It. Wonderful. What's happening with your case manager? Well, um, nothing. Why not? Well, I left a message, and I haven't heard back. Well, you I mean you left a message. When did you leave a message? Last Tuesday. Now this is next Tuesday. So what are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting for them to call me back. Well, why are you waiting? Well, because I don't want to annoy them. I don't want to upset them. I'm just waiting. Yeah. You know, you can't do that as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, you'd call back the next day. You'd call back the next day. Then you'd call their supervisor or you go, you get in your car and actually go down there. Right. So she was playing who's got the monkey. She didn't realize that she had the monkey. So that's employee thinking. Yeah. So if I find somebody who is afflicted with, employee thinking I can recognize it because I was afflicted with that for three years too, Mm -hmm. then I know they've got to get over that.
0: Man, you just you just uh, like read my mail because I just quit my job in January to start Congratulations. my company. So thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, it's been awesome, but I have noticed that I've been playing some who's got the monkey. Mm. And because like I guess when you work for an organization, right, you're getting paid either way. It's That's almost right. like this, like I'm getting paid either way. And as you as you branch out and you do your own thing, mm-hmm. you become painfully aware of what's billable and what's not Right. and what your hourly rate is and what what busy work is versus like what's work mm-hmm, that brings mm-hmm. in money. I'm still playing. Who's got the monkey a little bit more than I should on some certain issues. Yeah. Because it's, it's a mindset. It's tough to get out it of. It
5: really is a mindset. And it's one that you have to, if you've been an employee your whole life, either you have to get your degree from the school of hard knocks and learn the hard way Yeah, that you need to change your mindset or you need to have somebody take you by the hand and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what the new rules are. You know? Yeah. Are uh, you not in Kansas anymore? Right. <laughs> These are the new rules.
0: All right, next up, excited for you guys to hear and be reminded of, and if you haven't heard this episode yet, an interview that we did with Joe Matz. Now, Joe, Josh, and I met as we attended one of his talks locally that he was doing in Kerry, and he talked in about the business principles that he learned from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, and it Early on in the episode, he talked about like how the adventure got started and it was a ton of fun to listen to as him and his dad were sitting in a bar where all good ideas happened and they were like, man, this is what we should do. We should climb Mount Kilimanjaro and the process that it take from being an idea to actually seeing something happen and the metaphors that he brings out about, that's what our experience as business owners is like for so many of us and entrepreneurs and doers of stuff, really. It's not as simple as just starting with a great idea and then boom, it happens it took him on a process. And one of those important steps of his process was meeting his guide. And you've heard Josh and I talk about this before. And If you really want to be the hero in your own story, you need to find a guide in your life that's been there before, that can help walk you through, that can help answer some of those tough questions that you're fighting up against. So let's go ahead and jump into this clip with Joe Matz and be reminded of this really cool story about what it takes to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and the process that it is, it's not just straight up, which I think is another great metaphor for how business works. I know it hasn't worked in my case where it's just been a steady, straight upward climb, but there's, there's times where you climb up and then you climb back down and you climb back up. And actually, that's good for you. And let Joe tell you why. Oh, man. All right. So let's get back to the mountain. So you've been doing some training, you're holding each other accountable. That's important. And now you land in Africa, you meet your guide. What was next?
2: The, the meeting of the, the guide meeting. I don't know what we would call it, but that wow. was where he explained what was going to be happening during the day. And he said, This is yeah. the unit we're going to put on your finger and we're going to test your blood alcohol concentration. We're going to test your pulse rate every morning and every evening. Yeah. Um, he introduced us to the words poli poli. And poli poli means slow, slow. <laughs> when you're hiking up Mount Kilimanjaro, you don't want to run. This is not a race, it's a marathon. Right. So you go slow. And one of the reasons for that is to acclimate yourself to the new temperature. Yeah. And the new altitude. We started in the rainforest. We finished on a snow-capped mountain. So we went through all of the different temperatures throughout the nine days of hiking. And we experienced the the effect of altitude. Mm -hmm. So the slower you go, the more time you give your body to adapt. To the new altitude. And we be even on the slow days where we would climb maybe 300, 400 feet, 500 feet, um, but then we'd get to camp early, maybe have lunch if it's an early day, and then we'd go and hike another 300 feet up mm-hmm. and hang out for half an hour, 45 minutes to acclimate to that higher altitude. Right. right. And then climb back down to camp. And we felt much better because we had been to that higher altitude. They do the same when they climb Mount Everest. I mean, a lot of people think you start at the bottom and you hike up until you reach the top. Not the case. You're, you're climbing up, you're climbing back. You're climbing up, you're climbing back to acclimate to the altitude. And I, I kind of um, think about business like that. If your goal is to do 20 telephone calls a day, so you want to talk with 20 clients or you want to do 20 cold callings a day, mm-hmm. take a few days and do 30 calls or do 40 calls. Yeah. Then when you do 20, it's like you're it's like a vacation day. So
0: when we went, Josh and I went and saw you uh, give this presentation that stuck with me. And I actually did that for networking meetings. Like that's why I said, I'm going to start going to five a week so that I can because I knew I really wanted to do like two or three a week. But I was like, I'm going to do five a week. I did it for like a month. And it kind of got me in that rhythm of always being in networking meetings. And now I'm back down to two and it feels like just a regular part of my life. No, oh, that's great. But I think if I would have started at two, I would be doing less than one a week right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that. That point really stuck with me. That was a good point. Yeah, oh, great. Kind of acclimate to the, to the atmosphere.
3: The Sorry. ripple effect of your journey. See, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs>
2: <You're> spreading it. <laughs> So it took seven, eight days to get to the top? So it took seven and a half days to get to the top. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, we spent about 20 minutes at the top and then it took two and a half days to climb down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you said you met your guide, like that was a trigger word for me because I like to help people with their branding and stuff too. And Josh and I love the idea of like using the the fundamentals of storytelling to help people understand what makes good business practices and that that idea of meeting your guide is like a part of every movie you meet the person that's done it before and it's usually the catalyst of the journey it's uh like when uh marty mcfly meets doc like <laughs> okay. he, doc's done it before he's gone to time travel and he can show him how to do it or when uh uh keanu reuses character in the matrix uh meets uh fishburne yeah more uh, Morpheus. Morpheus. And, um, this is the guy that has seen reality and, and showed him that. And I think that's a huge step that I notice local businesses when I'm helping them out, they miss that understanding that they're the guide for their customers. Right. They're the catalyst for their, I've, I've done this, I've solved this. Let me show you how, and then let them be the hero in the story. Cause the guides climbed the mountain a hundred times. He don't care when he gets to the top, but for the people that are getting to the top for them, they want to be the victor. They want, I did it. That's the, that's the mentality. Mm. And, um, I was just giving a talk at our, our B&I group about this principle that I learned from uh, Donald Miller's book, Story Brand, and I really believe and I've seen it happen so many times that when businesses or if you as a business owner position yourself as the hero in the story and not the guide, you're positioning yourself as a competitor to your customers because mm-hmm. they want to be, the, everybody's life is viewed through the lens of they're the hero of the story and will they succeed or will they fail? And to just come in and say, I'm gonna solve it for you. Here's all my benefits, here's all my features is a a recipe for a disaster on a website. Um, It doesn't really move people down the the path. It doesn't help them engage. And I think that that's so cool. And I bet that's when it became really real when you met your guide. Like I bet that was the catalyst to be like, oh, we're climbing this mountain now. Like this is happening now.
2: This This guy's gonna take us there. Mm. That's the last step. (laughs) We're not getting out, it's happening. Mm. Right, so it was very important. MC told us he had climbed the mountain and summited the mountain more than 170 times. Yeah, I'm viewing uh-huh. him in my mind as MC Hammer. Just oh, to- yeah, yeah, dancing right <laughs> up that mountain.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's shuffling sideways yeah. up the mountain. <laughs> Big baggy pants. That's right. <laughs> he's got all your rice and all your gear inside of his pants. Yeah. I love
2: it. It's probably exactly how it happened. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Just like that.
0: You know, to end this episode, Josh and I would just like to extend our heartfelt thank you to all of the amazing guests that we've had this year. And I wish we could have included a clip from everybody on this episode, but you can feel free to go back and check out all the amazing guests and the lessons learned this year. It has been such a rewarding and personally enriching experience for us as the guys who do stuff to get to talk to some of the business leaders and entrepreneurs in our city who so generously shared their time and their lessons and what they've learned, the struggles that they've gone through as business owners. And I hope that you guys have found this as encouraging and as motivating as Josh and I have. And uh, Josh, we continue to just wish you a good recovery because he's still recovering from that torn ACL. and um, But he'll be back soon and excited to have you back, buddy. If I could kind of encapsulate what I believe is the biggest thing the biggest lesson that I've learned this year doing this podcast with Josh, it's the idea of telling a better story. If you don't like the kind of story that you're telling with your life, if you don't like your job, if you don't like the people that you work with, if you don't like the situation that you found yourself in, you have the ability as a human being to tell a better version of the story of your life. Do something. Get unstuck. If you don't like the kind of work that you're doing, It's worth your time and effort and energy to figure out the kind of work that you do like doing and go after that thing, tell a better story. And when you do, what you'll find is that you won't just have a tell a better story. And when you do, I hope that you find like Josh and I did, that you won't just have a string of really cool stories to tell at a party. But as you start to tell a better story with the decisions that you make every day, the kind of person that you are becoming. There will be a mindset shift where you realize that you're no longer the person that you were in the boring story that you felt stuck in. You're living a better story. You're no longer just talking about doing the kind of things you hope to do one day. Or maybe when you get everything lined up in such a way, you get enough money in the bank, you get retired and you have more time. But you take control of the situation that you're in and tell a better story with your life. Thanks for listening.
1: We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question what are you doing today?